going out and spreading the gospel. What they're supposed to be saying is, repent, in other words, change from your sins because the kingdom of God is upon you. And that was the case because Jesus was there. If they would have accept, accepted the king, he would have become their king, but they didn't. They rejected him and they didn't get that taken care of. Well, now the disciples are getting ready to go out on a mission. And the disciples are just a short distance away from beginning that mission assignment from Jesus. He's already told them very clearly what to do if a group of people do not receive their message of Christ. Have you ever run into that where you uh, were trying to share the gospel of Christ with somebody and they stonewalled you and they said, no, I'm not interested or keep that to yourself, I don't want to hear it. Uh, Jesus said when you're out on mission and you go to a certain village and they don't receive you, then here's what I want you to do in verse uh, 14 of chapter 10. Whoever does not receive you nor heed your words as you go out of that house or that city, shake the dust off your feet. And what that is, is there's nothing uh, powerfully spiritual about that. It's just saying, Lord, this is to be a witness and a testimony that this town rejected the word of God. They rejected salvation. They don't want anything to do with that. And so I'm symbolizing that by dusting the dust of their town off of my feet as I go forward. And so I want you to keep that in mind. We'll run into that here in just a minute. Now what this implies is that there will be instances when this is going to happen. When you try to share Christ with somebody, when you try to tell them, here's how you can know for sure you're going to go to heaven when you die. And here's how you know for sure that your sins are forgiven. And they reject you and they, they don't want anything to do with you. So there are instances where that happens. Everybody doesn't accept you. And it happened to the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest of God's apostles and uh, one of the greatest missionaries that ever lived. And it happened to him. And I wanted to read a section of Acts 13. Uh, I'm going to be verse, in verse 51 where uh, Paul was rejected in the ministry. And it says, here's how Paul and Barnabas handled that. But they shook off the dust of their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. So uh, they, they went from the city in Antioch down to Iconium. They're gonna end up in Lystra as well. But these people did not accept their, uh, their testimony, their witness. And so they showed that. They marked it in history with God and they literally dusted off the dust of that town from their feet. Well, the message from God's messengers, and I want you to think of yourselves as the messengers of God. And you have a message too. And the message is that Jesus Christ died for your sins and he paid for all your sins on the cross, that if you believe that he did that for you, you can have eternal life. And that was shortened up in what was uh, talked about here when Jesus said he began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, we are still telling people they need to repent because God is coming soon and because you need to be right before you die with God. And in today's text, we also find some encouragement on the other side of the issue. Uh, it's not all gonna be about rejection and people hating you because of the gospel. What's going to happen also is that there will be people who accept the message and his messenger uh, when they try to share Christ with them. Have you ever had that happen? That's a glorious time. Uh, you maybe are talking to a stranger and they say, wow, I, as a matter of fact, we were out one time. This is ridiculous because in seminary, you're so busy, but we had a, this is what's ridiculous, we had a day of evangelism. And it's just like, okay, what are you doing the rest of the time? What, what do you mean day of evangelism? They canceled all the classes. And everybody got together, and we got together in an auditorium. There was, a, oh, I suppose, 4,000 of us. And we all prayed together that God would guide us in our ministry. So we went out back then. The seminary, Dallas Seminary, was surrounded by the ghettos. 
of Dallas, and it was just it was just one rough neighborhood after another. Uh, the wives on the campus never went anywhere by themselves because it's a rough area, and so we all divided up in teams of three or four because we're cowards, and we went into we went into the uh, ghettos and we started going door to door telling people about Jesus Christ. And there's some rough stuff going on there, but we walked by this one uh, bottom floor apartment in this big apartment building, and there was a lady in there, and she was sitting at her table reading a book. And we thought, oh, okay, here's somebody home. So we knocked on the door, she opened the door, and she was reading a Bible. And we told her who we were and what we were doing, that we're telling people how they can go to heaven. She says, I was just searching this book to find out how. And uh, great, I just love it. But anyway, she also said, I need somebody to tell me. Now, this also is a bad part because you got four seminary students, you got one day of evangelism. Who gets to share the gospel with this lady? So we're kind of having a little, I'll take this one. No, I got this. No, you know, why don't you stay? You got the last one. No, you know. I don't remember who got to do that. We all kind of crowded around the table and shared the gospel. And this lady trusted Christ as her Savior. That happens. I've had that happen with me with, with, in other times where people are primed for the gospel. They want to hear it. I had a guy show up in my office one time and he said, Pastor, I want to tell you what I'm thinking about how I can get into heaven. And you just tell me if that's what I need to do. And I said, absolutely. So he shared with me how he's going to get into heaven. And I said, I'm so glad you came today. Because if that's what you're trusting, you're going to end up in hell. And he goes, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> he was trying to work his way in. You can't be good enough to get into heaven. You can't do good works to get into heaven. And that's what he was trusting in. And, you know, God brought that person to my office. You know, I, I have time for that. And I didn't have to fight my other seminary students to get to share the gospel. So that was good. Those things happen. And sometimes there's people that are primed and ready, and we don't say anything. And then we walk away with a guilt because we didn't say anything. I want to encourage you this morning. There are people out there like that and others that aren't quite that primed, but you can share Christ with. That activity on the part of those uh, who believe reaches to the highest level of this universe. It entails the reception and the welcoming of God into a person's heart, their soul, their life. The dangers are high in the ministry of evangelism. Some people have been killed taking the gospel of Christ to, to various areas in the world, and sometimes in America. But they far are surpassed by the potential gain in terms of souls saved for eternity. God told us through the apostle, snatch them from the fire. All right, take them from the fire. Don't let them burn. In other words, share the gospel. Let them know about Jesus. Let them know what they can do. And so, those far surpass any rejection that we're going to face. Every mission faces risks of being rejected and not recognized. Every minister faces that. Every person who shares Christ faces the possibility that I'm going to be rejected. Uh, if you ever stop to think about it and you make a list of all the times Jesus was rejected you're gonna have a page full you're gonna just it's just gonna be bleeding with rejection and Jesus was rejected because he loved us and he hung in there with us and he and he took that hanging on the cross to save us the rejection includes the messenger and so we know the acceptance also includes the messenger and I'm talking about you and me all right? We're not just people out there talking about stories. We're people out there talking about how others can know Christ as their Savior. That's what we're talking about. It's important. Friends, God never forgets those who work to get the message out to others. Don't forget that. The disciples needed to know a few things before they left on their evangelism tour. And this is going to be about the last thing he says to them. And we need to know as well. You also need to know there are going to be people out there that help you on your mission. 
There's going to be people out there that help you in your ministry. And this text is going to say, it doesn't matter what you do to help somebody that's ministering the gospel of Christ. God will reward you for that. Even if it's a glass of water. And that's important. Uh, Looking at our text today, in verses 40 and 41, he talks about the ones who received Christ because somebody went and told them about Christ. And in verse 42, it's about those who help the disciples, help the people that are out spreading the gospel. So maybe you can't go overseas. Maybe that's not what God called you to do. Maybe that's not going to happen. But you support people that go overseas. And if you support people that go overseas, then you're a person that is a partner in their ministry. And we want to make sure we understand that. So here's what the text says. Remember, this is right before the guys leave on their ministry. And by the way, Jesus in the next chapter is going to separate from them. He sends them ahead of him into the cities of of Israel. And and then he starts his own mission uh, by himself virtually uh, with with, uh, the same message. He says in verse 40, he who receives you receives me. So I want you to put your name in there. He who receives, you know, Randy or he who receives Ken or somebody else or one of the the ladies, just put your name in there. He who receives you receives me. Now that's Jesus. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. That's the Father. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He who receives a righteous man. We're hoping that's what all the disciples are. We know Judas isn't, but the other 11 are. He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man uh, shall receive a righteous man's reward. And then verse 42. And whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he will not lose his reward. Now the little ones there happen to be the disciples that he's talking about. They're the ones going out. So let's get encouraged. If you're following in your excuse me <clears throat> if you're following in your bulletin that first point is this whoever accepts the message of the messenger also accepts Jesus and the father here's the main topic of that when somebody rejects you when you share the gospel understand this they also just rejected Jesus and they did it to his face because you're there and they rejected the father and they did it to his face because you're there sharing that with them well, there is anticipation that the mission, on the mission, people will respond positively about the good news of Jesus the Messiah. And I'm trying to tell you that's, that's true. You, you've probably run into it yourself. Theologically speaking, Jesus enlightens them to a truth that will exist for every person who, who is uh, going to be converting by belief in him. Converting from being a person who doesn't know Jesus to a person who does know Jesus. From a person that has a dead spirit to a regenerated, alive spirit. That's the conversion. This has to do with those who will be receiving and accepting the disciples. Uh, There's going to be one of both, or some of both, I should say, wherever you go. What does it mean to receive those who are representatives of the master? That means you. What, what, What does it mean for you who is somebody who is received by somebody who says, yes, I'll hear the gospel? The word in the Greek text is translated as received in our English, but it also means to be welcoming. And let's further dissect the word here a minute. It indicates an approval or connection by accepting something. It means to be receptive. The opposite would be to reject the disciple 
and therefore the message of the disciple. Uh, thus, they reject Christ and the Father as well when they reject you. The whole team is rejected. The whole ministry team, you and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father. They've rejected all of you. It's not just you. Some people say, oh, I try to share the gospel. I always get turned down. I feel so rejected. I'll just let other people do it. I don't have the gift of evangelism. You know what? It doesn't matter. God didn't say, only do this if you have the gift of evangelism. God said, all of us are responsible to share the good news. All of us are responsible to tell others about Jesus Christ. So this is about us. And the same word is used in Matthew 10, 14 of the rejection of those who do not receive, where he said, then shake the dust off your, off your feet. The context is about people who did not know Christ. In other words, they weren't saved. They didn't have a relationship with God. Those, if they die like that, those will be the ones God will say to them at judgment, depart from me, I didn't know you. And they'll say, well, but Lord, I went to church. Lord, I prayed, and Lord, I did this, and I did that. Some of them say, I cast out demons in your name. And the Lord will say, depart from me, I didn't know you. I didn't have a relationship with you. I don't know who you are. I don't have that relationship. And that person is sent to hell. But those who have truly known the Lord intimately, that's a whole different story. And they come to trust uh, in, in him, then they can become believers. Uh, believing is that you believe that he is the son of God, the savior of the world, and he paid for your sins. And so he is the savior of the world. Simply stated, they are those who believe and become advocates of Christ. If somebody says they've trusted Christ as their Savior, but they don't stand up for Christ, and they don't ever live for Christ, they don't read the Bible, they don't pray, you have to really wonder, did you really decide to trust Christ as your Savior? Because that's not how believers live. So simply stated, there are those who become believers, they're going to show that in their life. The reality comes when a person trusts that Jesus is the Messiah who will pay for his or her sins. The reality, spiritually speaking, is that when a person accepts the message of God's messengers, that person is also accepting, receiving, welcoming Jesus and the Father. The Father is the one who sent Jesus into the world to provide salvation for mankind. Jesus is the one who sent us into the world to tell people about the salvation that he provided. So in reality, then, the one who is sent by Jesus is also fully commissioned by the Father. And friends, if God commissions you to tell the gospel, if he commissions you to go out and let others know, then you have the authority of God to do that. You have the power of God to do that. And you don't go alone. You never are alone. So if a person welcomes you and your message, uh, then you are also seeing them welcome Jesus and the Father. One indication, uh, if you aren't listening carefully, you'll wonder what I said here. One indication of what kind of a person you are dealing with when you're sharing the gospel is whether they proverbially are dog-like or hog-like uh, is, uh, is what that person does with your message. We'll show that. Now, what's hog-like and dog-like? Well, in Matthew 7, verse 6, it says, Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before the swine for they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. You know, friends, what God is saying is that there are people that are so opposed to you telling them the gospel, they also hate Jesus and they hate anybody that likes him. And there are people that get violent in this world and they will kill you if you stand up for Jesus. Now, that hasn't uh, come to America in a big way. 
it's practically every else, everywhere else in the world, and it could come here. There's no reason it can't, and it probably will. So it's dangerous. That's why Jesus wants to encourage us. I'm going with you, and I'll be with you no matter what happens. That's the encouragement. It will also indicate whether you are uh, shaking the dust off your feet or rejoicing over the welcoming of the Father's message through you or, on the other hand, the rejection. These are evaluations we need to make as we carry the message of Christ. We have to make evaluations. Uh, sometimes you're wasting your time casting your pearls before the swine or uh, some, some kind of uh, issue where somebody hates God, they're not going to change, but you say what you can, then you, you uh, protect yourself. I think it would be helpful for us to know that if a person rejects us, we're not being rejected all by ourselves. It's really not even our message. It's, it's the message of Jesus Christ, and that's who we're carrying it for. And then it becomes our message that way. They have rejected Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. Take courage, my friend. God will take care of that. God will deal with that eventually one day. You don't have to. In verse 41, those who receive the message will be rewarded for it. All right, so uh, we're looking at the second half of the ones who receive or reject. Those who receive the message will be rewarded with eternal life. First, the disciples are deemed prophets here. Uh, the Lord is using them as prophets. They carry the direct message that Jesus gave them. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which is exactly what Jesus taught in Matthew 4, 17. Uh, the word name here, the one who receives a prophet in the name, uh, is used to stand for the character, uh, the nature, and the worth of a person. What is the worth of a prophet of God? What is the worth of a righteous man or woman in, in, the, in terms of their relationship to God? Uh, so the word name stands for our character, our nature, our worth. This indicates that if you receive a prophet, if you receive one of the Lord's disciples on the mission, that you value that person, and if you value that person, you will value his or her message. You'll, you'll value it. Their name speaks to their character and their worth. You're saying, this is an honorable person. This is a person that knows God, and he or she is telling me how I can know God as well and how I can have a place in heaven as well. And they act nobly to that. Those who reject the prophet don't see any value in the person, and that indicates they don't value the message either. Uh, it's not the first time that's happened. I want to go back to 1 Samuel in your Old Testament. Uh, chapter 8 and verse 7. Samuel was the prophet of Israel. And uh, as the prophet, he was kind of the leader of the, of the whole nation. And one day the people got up and said, you know what, every other nation around us, every single one has a king, a human king. We want to be like them. Get us a king. And Samuel was grieved in his heart, and he says in verse 7, And Yahweh said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in regard, excuse me, to all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you. I'm sure Samuel felt rejected. They have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. If somebody says, Keep your gospel to yourself, I don't want to hear it. Quit saying I'm a sinner because I'm not. I go to heaven just like you. I don't need your Jesus. If they say stuff like that, that can hurt inside. But just remember, it hurts Jesus more. And it's really him that they are rejecting. 
Paul illustrates what it is like to be uh, received as well on the other side of this. See, uh, there's rejection and there's reception. So if you go to that Galatians uh, 4, 14 passage, uh, Paul is appealing to the Galatian church. Uh, Paul also already has his thorn in the flesh. We don't know what that is. Some people think it was an eye problem. Some people think something else. Whatever it was, whatever it was it's hard to look at. It's kind of grotesque. And sometimes you see somebody injured, and oh, it's hard to look at. And Paul says to the Galatian church, in verse 14 of Galatians 4, and that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, you did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. In other words, their love was so overflowing, despite this problem that Paul had, they received him as if he were an angel of God, as if he were Jesus himself. Now that's love, and that's dedication, and that's somebody that is open to the message, and they are honorable people, and that's what the Galatians were. We need to be that way, and we hope the people we talk to will be that way. The one who welcomes the righteous man receives a righteous man's reward. The word reward here means recognition for a moral quality of an action. It may be that the reward they will receive, and probably is, the gift of salvation. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you say, God, today I recognize I am a sinner, and I'm bound for hell because of my sins, but your son Jesus died on the cross. It says, in my place, and if I believe he died on the cross in my place, I get eternal life for free. And it changes your whole life, and lots of things happen. That's the gift of salvation. But it doesn't stop there. There's other gifts as well. There's many benefits to walking with Jesus Christ in your life. Many benefits, and they're all good. Who knows? People during the mission may end up harboring a disciple from danger uh, in their own town. And that happened in the Bible too. People come to a town, they're hostile to people, and hostile to God, and somebody takes them in, like Corey Ten Boom did when they hid uh, some of the Jewish people uh, from Hitler. People during the mission may end up harboring a disciple from danger uh, in their town. Now, it doesn't always have to be from death or that kind of danger, but sometimes we have missionaries, and uh, it used to be more so in the old days, you know, when you're out on horses and you're coming in, uh, traveling through, and you need things. You need provision. You need food. You need water. You need those kinds of things. And I, I don't think that he means to say there's a difference between the prophet's reward and a righteous man's reward. The point is that whoever they are, if they're from God, you listen to them. God rewards those who do what is right where he is concerned. God rewards those who attempt with God's help to obey him, and he blesses them. Now, I just mentioned helping people that are on ministry, and that's what verse 42 is. And whoever in the name of, of a disciple, see, we just talked about that, name of the righteous man or the prophet, gives to one of these little ones, he's talking about his disciples there, gives to one of my disciples even a cup of cold water to drink. Truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you just want water so bad you just can't stand it. Um, since I gave my sister one of my kidneys. I don't know if this is medically correct or not. All I can tell you is that 
when the well makes me fix fence on the farm, you know, it's kind of a slave driver out there digging post holes by hand and all that stuff, but I get really, really, really thirsty. I just drink and drink and drink till my belly's distended and I just can't get enough water. I don't know if my kidney doesn't profit, but, you know, process it fast enough. I don't know what's going on, but I'm just so thirsty. I'm so thankful for water and an occasional uh, Gatorade, I think we call that. And then if I do a good job drinking water and Gatorade on the way home from the farm, I get a Pepsi. <laughs> and that's also good, but I just can't seem to get my thirst quenched. A glass of water is a big deal. So here's what I want you to notice. God will notice and reward even the smallest support that anyone gives to his messengers. Get that? He's going to send them out on their ministry with not much. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to take extra money. They're not going to take extra clothes. They're just going out on their ministry. Somebody's going to have to take care of these guys. And God wants them to know, the ones that help you, I won't forget what they do for you. Maybe they let you stay the night. Maybe they gave you a meal. Maybe they gave you uh, some water to drink on the way. God says, I won't forget you. I want you to think about that. Not many of us get to go overseas and be missionaries. We can be missionaries in our own town. We're supposed to be. Not many of us are going to be able to do state ministry. We can't always do that. Some people are full-time. We have missionaries we pray for every week. We support every, every uh, three months. We send them a, a quarterly check. We're trying, to, we're trying to be a part of their ministry. We can do that. God doesn't forget a single penny that you maybe gave to go to a missionary. Not a penny. Well, first, the little ones, he's talking about the disciples. Children in antiquity were the epitome of dependence and powerlessness, kind of still are. And he says, whoever does something to one of these, my little ones, who are going to be dependent and powerless as far as what the world does, God will be there to help them, I don't mean that, but... They're going to need some help. They're going to need food. They're going to need shelter. They may need some clothing. This is the condition of the disciples on ministry, except for the presence of Christ. Jesus will be taking care of them. Whoever the Lord says in the name of, of the disciple of Christ, and mean, that means because of the fact that the messenger is a, a sent one of Christ, an apostle of Christ, one going out on ministry, if someone helps him, God will notice. God will notice. Uh, the missionary that's coming for our Seder celebration to find out how Christ is in the Passover, Avi Snyder, he's a missionary. Now they need something that we already know what he needs for his travel, but we're going to take a love offering. We take a love offering and any, any amount we give is going to be used uh, for his ministry to continue showing people the richness of the, of the communion supper and Passover. And that's on the 29th, 6.30 here at the church. Hope you don't miss it. Uh, some, for some of us, it might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see the connection. But you give something to him, you help his ministry so that he can tell other people and tell other people, maybe win some to Christ. You can be a part of that as well. And so, imagine, even if you were to supply that disciple with a glass of cold water to drink. You know, you think, well, that's just normal. Everybody, you know, we just do that. God says, even if you give him a glass of cold water, I will remember that. I will reward you for that. Something so small. You know, you don't have to just give money to be a part of the ministry, to be a part of what God is doing. You can give of your other resources as well. You have a glass of water, you have a bottle of water, and they're thirsty. God won't forget that. Isn't that amazing? How, how small of a thing is that? And God doesn't, doesn't miss it. 
Even if a sparrow falls from, from the air and dies, God knows it. He doesn't miss it. And he won't miss what you've done and what you're going to do. And it's also true that we're not to support false teachers or ungodly ministers. Now, uh, since Brad already read that passage from Second uh, John uh, 1, 10 to 11, I'm not going to read it again. But we're also not supposed to support those people who are not doing God's work. As an illustration of that, when I was a young college student, I went to a place called Rockmont College. Now it's Colorado Christian University. I got a bachelor's degree in biblical studies. I still had all the, uh, all the uh, secular issues I'd take care of, like science and math and um, you know, stuff like that. I really enjoyed my science classes. I enjoyed physics, did all that. But I'm, I'm just new. I'm clearing the back of the house. I'm studying. And I got my books out. And I used to have a little tractor with a, with a little wagon of peanuts I'd put there. And I eat those while I'm studying. You could try that. It's really great, especially if you have some Pepsi to go with it. But there's a knock on the door, and Noel's not answering it. So I go to the front door, open the door. There's this young man there, and, and uh, he's telling me about this ministry and this mission. And I'm, I gotta have, I'm actually holding a book in my hand because my mind is somewhere else. And I get, you what? You do what? And he's, oh. And I said, well, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ and all this stuff. Anyway, I, I didn't have much. We didn't have much at all. But I found five bucks, and I gave him five bucks. I walked back inside, and Noel's standing in the kitchen going, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm helping this guy. He said, he was a Mooney. <laughs> well, how do you know that? Did you hear what he said? I said I, maybe I wasn't paying attention well enough, but I helped support the Moonies for five bucks. I've asked God to forgive me for that over and over and over. <laughs> I, I need to pay attention to who I'm giving money to. And if they're not on mission for Jesus Christ, they don't get our help. They, they, they can sure be cared for as a person and loved. If they had a flat tire, I'd stop and help them fix it. Uh, but... I'm not going to help them on their ministry, except for that one time. <laughs> sometimes I get to be the hero. Sometimes I have to be the goat. Today I'm the goat. There's no reward for that, but there is forgiveness for that, and I've asked, asked him for that. Friends, the bottom line is that God won't forget even the smallest effort that you and I make to support the messengers and the message of the king and the advancement of his kingdom. He won't forget. Never. Now, um, I want you to also remember, if all you have is a glass of water to share, and you share it, that's a huge gift in heaven. I don't know her name, but there was this lady who was a widow. She basically had what would amount today to a penny, and she put in the offering horn, the receptacle at the temple. There were people going by that were putting in bags of money. And the Lord called that sounding the trumpets because it was supposed to, supposed to be a metal-shaped funnel thing that went down into the box that held the money. And they liked to dump that in there and make a lot of racket. You know, can you imagine all those coins going in a metal thing? And, oh, there's Mr. Got Rocks, and he's pouring all this stuff in. Jesus never said a word. But this lady goes by, and she gives basically a penny. And the Lord said, hey, you guys, pay attention over here. I want you to see this. Get off the rock wall and watch this. They gave out of their great wealth. She gave everything she had. And Jesus said, that's worth noting. Everything she had. That's all she had. If you only had a penny left, you'd probably hang on to it real tight because that's, that's all I have to try to get a, a piece of food. And she gave it. Well, God will not forget. And if somebody helps you in a little way in your ministry, don't forget. 
He is with you to empower you and help you when you witness. Witnessing is when we tell other people about how they can have eternal life. He goes with you on your journey. And if they reject you, they reject the king and his father, not just you and I for work. My dad, in his later years, he's been a Gideon all of his life. They pass out Bibles, you know that. And so he always had his pockets stuffed in the back with little New Testaments and one on his, on his, in his breast pocket. And I just, we're trying to get a project done. We go to Home Depot, or Lowe's in his case, where he was, and we're trying to walk around, find, pick some stuff. Where's Dad? He's gone. Well, Dad has another employee cornered over there in the, you know, in the hardware, trying to give him a Bible. And uh, that's wonderful. You know, but when you're thinking about, I've got to get this thing done, you know, okay, Dad, you know, I'm hoping you run out of Bibles here quick so we can go back and work, you know. But the point is, I watch people say, no, thank you. I don't want anything to do with that. And Dad would try just a little bit more, you know. And uh, sometimes he just said, okay, well, I'm sorry to hear that. And he started talking about what they needed, and they'd just walk off. And sometimes they took it. And I saw one lady take it with a tear in her eye. That's acceptance. You'll be rewarded. If you help those in ministry and if you're doing ministry, we are all to be doing ministry. So let me uh, share these in way, by way of application. Number one, people's response to Jesus' disciples, that's you, by the way, is a response to Jesus. We have to make sure we're wearing Jesus properly and our life reflects our, our testimony. I want you to remember, you work for him. You work for him. Secondly, God notes and will reward even the smallest of efforts you make for the kingdom. The big ones too, but even the smallest. Thirdly, he who is not against us, the Lord said to his disciples, is for us. The disciples saw somebody uh, working the ministry of Jesus Christ, and they said, hey, they're not in our group. Uh, what's going on there? So they told on him, and Jesus tells them, uh, he's, not, he's not speaking evil of me. He's speaking good. Don't hinder him. Then he says, for he who is not against us is for us. Let's remember that. And fourthly, not everyone will respond positively to Jesus. Certainly that is true. And I want you to leave that up to him. It's not up to you to change somebody else's heart. You can't. They have to change their own. We just need to be faithful in telling others the mission message. Repent and be saved. So your Savior will know you when it comes to Judgment Day. We're going to uh, move into our time around the Lord's table. Uh, if you don't belong to our church as a member, it doesn't matter. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you're welcome to partake of this communion. Anybody that's trusted Christ as their Savior can do that. And I want to encourage you to do that. And I'm going to read, I'm in Mark uh, 14 this morning, uh, verse 22, if you're following along, about the Lord's Supper. This is, this is the Passover meal that Jesus ate with his disciples on the night in which he was betrayed, and he changed it. He said, this is no longer going to be uh, just a Jewish Passover meal, which has significance. You'll find that out on March the 29th at 6.30 when Avi comes and shares that with us. This is now about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. But it's about his blood and his body that was given for you so that you can have eternal life. 
And if you've done that, we're going to partake this together because Jesus told us, do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. We do it once a month. So we want to remember what Jesus did for us on that cross. While they were eating, so they're at the Passover meal, they're expecting it to be the same Passover setter it's always been. It's not going to be. While they were eating, he took some bread, and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to them. And he said, take it. This is my body. And when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in the kingdom of God. And then after they sang a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives where Jesus prayed. They fell asleep, and he woke them up, and he prayed, and they fell asleep again. And then he said, get up. The enemy is upon us. And then by 9 o'clock the next morning, he was on the cross. Um, I'm going to ask uh, Brad if he'll pray for the bread. And then Becky's going to give us a, an interlude where you can go to the Lord. If you want to confess sin, you can do that. This is not really about that. If you want to thank him for your salvation, that'd be wonderful. Just you and him. Tell him how much you appreciate what he did. Things like that. Then when she's done praying, we'll take it together. So, Brad. prepare to take the bread together. This represents the body of our Lord Jesus Christ who was hung on the cross for our sins. Do this in remembrance of him.
Let's prepare the cup so we can take it together. This is a representation of the blood of the covenant. It was in Jesus' blood, the new covenant. And you're a part of that if you've trusted Christ as your Savior. Do this in remembrance of him. 